Hare Krishna. This is a reading from the Srimad Bhagavatam, with translations and purports by His Divine Grace, A.C. Bhaktivedanta Swami Prabhupada. First Canto, Chapter 9, Texts 25-28. through 28. Text 25. Sutta Goswami said, Maharaj Yudhisthira, after hearing Bhishmadev speak in that appealing tone, asked him, in the presence of all the great rishis, about the essential principles of various religious duties. Purport by Srila Prabhupada. Bhishmadev speaking in that appealing tone, convinced Maharaj Yudhisthira that he was very soon passing away. And Maharaj Yudhisthira was inspired by Lord Sri Krishna to ask him of the principles of religion. Lord Sri Krishna inspired Maharaj Yudhisthira to ask Bhishmadev in the presence of many great sages, indicating thereby that the Lord's devotee like Bhishmadev, although apparently living as a worldly man, is far superior to many great sages, even Vyasadeva. Another point is that Bhishmadeva at that time was not only lying on a deathbed of arrows, but was greatly aggrieved because of this state. One should not have asked him any question at that time. But Lord Sri Krishna wanted to prove that his pure devotees are always sound in body and mind by dint of spiritual enlightenment. And thus, in any circumstances, a devotee of the Lord is in perfect order to speak of the right way of life. Yudhisthira also preferred to solve his problematic questions by asking Bhishmadev, rather than ask anyone else present there, who is seemingly more learned than Bhishmadev. This is all due to the arrangement of the great wheel carrier, Lord Sri Krishna, who establishes the glories of his devotee. The father likes to see the son become more famous than himself. The Lord declares very emphatically that worship of his devotee is more valuable than the worship of the Lord himself. Text 26. At Maharaj Yudhisthira's inquiry, Bhishmadev first defined all the classifications of castes and orders of life in terms of the individual's qualifications. Then, he systematically, in twofold divisions, described counteraction by detachment and interaction by attachment. Report by Srila Prabhupada. The conception of four castes and four orders of life, as planned by the Lord Himself from Bhagavad Gita 4.13, is to accelerate transcendental qualities of the individual person 
so that he may gradually realize his spiritual identity and thus act according to get freed from material bondage or conditioned life. In almost all the Puranas, the subject matter is described in the same spirit, and so also in the Mahabharata. It is more elaborately described by Bhishmadev in the Shanti Parva, beginning from the 16th chapter. The Varnashram Dharma is prescribed for the civilized human being just to train him to successfully terminate human life. Self-realization is distinguished from the life of the lower animals engaged in eating, sleeping, faring, and mating. Bhishmadev advised, for all human beings, nine qualifications. One, not to become angry. Two, not to lie. Three, to equally distribute wealth. Four, to forgive. Five, to beget children only by one's legitimate wife. Six, to be pure in mind and hygienic in body. Seven, not to be inimical toward anyone. Eight, to be simple. And nine, to support servants or subordinates. One cannot be called a civilized person without acquiring the above-mentioned preliminary qualities. Besides these, the Brahmins, the intelligent men, the administrative men, the mercantile community, and the laborer class must acquire special qualities in terms of occupational duties mentioned in all the Vedic scriptures. For the intelligent men, controlling the senses is the most essential qualification. It is the basis of morality. Sex indulgence, even with a legitimate wife, must be controlled and thereby family control will automatically follow. An intelligent man abuses his great qualifications if he does not follow the Vedic way of life. This means he must seriously make a study of the Vedic literatures, especially of the Srimad Bhagavatam and the Bhagavad Gita. For learning Vedic knowledge, one must approach a person who is cent percent engaged in devotional service, he must not do things which are forbidden in the Shastras. A person cannot be a teacher if he drinks or smokes. In the modern system of education, the teacher's academic qualification is taken into consideration without evaluation of his moral life. Therefore, the result of education is misuse of high intelligence in so many ways. The Kshatriya the member of the administrative class, is especially advised to give charity and not to accept charity in any circumstances. Modern administrators raise subscriptions for some political functions, but never give charity to the citizens in any state function. It is just the reverse in the injunctions of the Shastras. The administrative class must be well-versed in the Shastras, but must not take to the profession of teachers. The administrators should never pretend to be non-violent and thereby go to hell. When Arjuna wanted to become a non-violent coward on the battlefield of Kurukshetra, he was severely chastised by Lord Krishna. The Lord degraded Arjuna at the time to the status of an uncivilized man 
for his avowed acceptance of the cult of nonviolence. The administrative class must be personally trained in military education. Cowards should not be elevated to the presidential throne by dint of numerical votes only. The monarchs were all chivalrous personalities, and therefore monarchy should be maintained provided the monarch is regularly trained in the occupational duties of a king. In fighting, the king or the president should never return home without being hurt by the enemy. The so-called king of today never visits the war field. He is very much expert in artificially encouraging the fighting strength in the hope of the false national prestige. As soon as the administrative class is turned into a gang of mercantile and laborer men, the whole machinery of government becomes polluted. The Vaishas, the members of the mercantile communities, are especially advised to protect the cows. Cow protection means increasing the milk productions, namely curd and butter. Agriculture and distribution of the foodstuff are the primary duties of the mercantile community, backed by education and Vedic knowledge, and trained to give in charity. As the Kshatriyas were given charge of the protection of the citizens, Vaishas were given charge of the protection of animals. Killing of animals is a symptom of barbarian society. For a human being, agricultural produce, fruits and milk are sufficient and compatible foodstuffs. The human society should give more attention to animal protection. The productive energy of the laborer is misused when he is occupied by industrial enterprises. Industry of various types cannot produce the essential needs of man, namely rice, wheat, grains, milk, fruits, and vegetables. The production of machines and machine tools increases the artificial living fashion of a class of vested interests and keeps thousands of men in starvation and unrest. This should not be the standard of civilization. The Sudra class is less intelligent and should have no independence. They are meant for rendering sincere service to the three higher sections of the society. The Sudra class can attain all comforts of life simply by rendering service to the higher classes. It is especially enjoined that the Sudra should never bank money. As soon as the Sudras accumulate wealth, it will be misused for sinful activities in wine, women, and gambling. Wine, women, and gambling indicate that the population is degraded to less than the Sudra quality. The higher castes should always look after the maintenance of the sudras, and they should provide them with old and used garments. A sudra should not leave his master when the master is old and invalid, and the master should keep the servants satisfied in all respects. The sudras must first of all be satisfied by sumptuous food and clothing before any sacrifice is performed. In this age, so many functions are held by spending millions, but the poor laborer is not sumptuously fed or given charity, clothing, etc. The laborers are thus dissatisfied, and so they make agitation. 
The Varnas are, so to speak, classifications of different occupations. And ashram dharma is gradual progress on the path of self-realization. Both are interrelated, and one is dependent on the other. The main purpose of ashram dharma is to awaken knowledge and detachment. The brahmachari ashram is the training ground for the prospective candidates. In this ashram, it is instructed that the material world is not actually the home of the living being. The conditioned souls, under material bondage, are prisoners of matter, and therefore self-realization is the ultimate aim of life. The whole system of ashram dharma is a means to detachment. One who fails to assimilate this spirit of detachment is allowed to enter into family life with the same spirit of detachment. Therefore, one who attains detachment may at once adopt the fourth order, namely renounced, and thus live on charity only, not to accumulate wealth, but just to keep body and soul together for the ultimate realization. Household life is for one who is attached, and the Varnaprast and Sannyas orders of life are for those who are detached from material life. The Brahmachari ashram is especially meant for training both the attached and detached. Text 27 He then explained, by divisions, acts of charity, the pragmatic activities of a king, and activities for salvation. Then he described the duties of women and devotees, both briefly and extensively. Purport by Srila Prabhupada To give charity is one of the householder's main functions, and he should be prepared to give in charity at least 50% of his hard-earned money. A brahmachari, or student, should perform sacrifices. A householder should give charity. And a person in the retired life, or in the renounced order, should practice penances and austerities. Those are the general functions of all the ashrams, or orders of life, on the path of self-realization. In the brahmachari life, the training is sufficiently imparted so that one may understand that the world, as property, belongs to the Supreme Lord, the Personality of Godhead. No one, therefore, should claim to be the proprietor of anything in the world. Therefore, in the life of a householder, which is a sort of license for sex enjoyment, one must give in charity for the service of the Lord. Everyone's energy is generated or borrowed from the reservoir of energy of the Lord. Therefore, the resultant actions of such energy must be given to the Lord in the shape of transcendental loving service for Him. As the rivers draw water from the sea through the clouds and again go down to the sea, similarly, our energy is borrowed from the Supreme Source, the Lord's energy and it must be returned to the Lord. That is the perfection of our energy. The Lord, therefore, in the Bhagavad Gita, 
9.27 says that whatever we do, whatever we undergo as penance, whatever we sacrifice, whatever we eat, or whatever we give in charity, must be offered to him, the Lord. That is the way of utilizing our borrowed energy. When our energy is utilized in that way, our energy is purified from the contamination of material inebriates, and thus we become fit for our original, natural life of service to the Lord. Raja Dharma is a great science, unlike modern diplomacy for political supremacy. The kings were trained systematically to become munificent and not merely to be tax collectors. They were trained to perform different sacrifices only for the prosperity of the subjects. To lead the prajas to the attainment of salvation was a great duty of the king. The father, or a spiritual master, and the king are not to become irresponsible in the matter of leading their subjects to the path of ultimate liberation from birth, death, disease, and old age. When these primary duties are properly discharged, there is no need of government of the people by the people. In modern days, the people in general occupy the administration by the strength of manipulated votes, but they are never trained in the primary duties of the king, and that is also not possible for everyone. Under the circumstances, the untrained administrators play havoc to make the subjects happy in all respects. On the other hand, these untrained administrators gradually become rogues and thieves and increase the taxation to finance the top-heavy administration that is useless for all purposes. Actually, the qualified Brahmins are meant to give direction to the kings for proper administration in terms of the scriptures, like the Manu Samhita and the Dharma Shastras of Parasara. A typical king is the ideal of the people in general, and if the king is pious, religious, chivalrous, and munificent, the citizens generally follow him. Such a king is not a lazy, sensuous person living at the cost of the subjects, but alert always to kill thieves and dacoits. The pious kings were not merciful to dacoits and thieves in the name of nonsensical ahimsa, nonviolence. The thieves and dacoits were punished in an exemplary way, so that in the future no one would dare commit such nuisances in an organized form. Such thieves and dacoits were never meant for administration, as they are now. The taxation law was simple. There was no force, no encroachment. The king had the right to take one-fourth of the production made by the subject. The king had the right to claim one-fourth of one's allotted wealth. One would never grudge parting with it, because due to the pious king and religious harmony, there was enough natural wealth, namely grains, flowers, fruits, silk, cotton, milk, jewels, minerals, etc., and therefore no one was materially unhappy. The citizens were rich in agriculture and animal husbandry, 
and therefore they had enough grains, fruits, and milk, without any artificial needs of soaps and toilets, cinemas, and bars. The king had to see that the reserved energy of humanity was properly utilized. Human energy is meant not exactly for fulfilling animal propensities, but for self-realization. The whole government was specifically designed to fulfill this particular purpose. As such, the king had to select properly the cabinet ministers, but not on the strength of voting background. The ministers, the military commanders, and even the ordinary soldiers were all selected by personal qualification, and the king had to supervise them properly before they were appointed to their respective posts. The king was especially vigilant to see that the tapasvis, or persons who sacrificed everything for disseminating spiritual knowledge, were never disregarded. The king knew well that the supreme personality of Godhead never tolerates any insult to his unalloyed devotees. Such tapasvis were trusted leaders, even of the rogues and thieves, who would never disobey the orders of the tapasvis. The king would give special protection to illiterates, the helpless, and widows of the state. Defense measures were arranged previous to any attack by the enemies. The taxing process was easy, and it was not meant for squandering, but was for strengthening the reserve fund. The soldiers were recruited from all parts of the world, and they were trained for specific duties. As far as salvation is concerned, one has to conquer the principles of lust, anger, unlawful desires, avarice, and bewilderment. To get freedom from anger, one should learn how to forgive. To be free from unlawful desires, one should not make plans. By spiritual culture, one is able to conquer sleep. By tolerance only, can one conquer desires and avarice. Disturbances from various diseases can be avoided by regulated diets. By self-control, one can be free from false hopes. And money can be saved by avoiding undesirable association. By practice of yoga, one can control hunger. And worldliness can be avoided by culturing the knowledge of impermanence. Dizziness can be conquered by rising up, and false arguments can be conquered by factual ascertainment. Talkativeness can be avoided by gravity and silence, and by prowess one can avoid fearfulness. Perfect knowledge can be obtained by self-cultivation. One must be freed from lust, avarice, anger, dreaming, etc., to actually attain the path of salvation. As far as the women class are concerned, they are accepted as a power of inspiration for men. As such, women are more powerful than men. Mighty Julius Caesar was controlled by a Cleopatra. Such powerful women are controlled by shyness. Therefore, shyness is important for women. 
Once this control valve is loosened, women can create havoc in society by adultery. Adultery means production of unwanted children, known as Varna Sankara, who disturb the world. The last item taught by Bhishmadev was the process of pleasing the Lord. We are all eternal servants of the Lord, and when we forget this essential part of our nature, we are put into material conditions of life. The simple process of pleasing the Lord, for the householders especially, is to install the deity of the Lord at home. By concentrating on the deity, one may progressively go on with the daily routine work. Worshipping the deity at home, serving the devotee, hearing the Srimad Bhagavatam, residing in a holy place, and chanting the holy name of the Lord are all inexpensive items by which one can please the Lord. Thus the subject matter was explained by the grandfather to his grandchildren. Text 28. Then he described the occupational duties of different orders and statuses of life, citing instances from history, for he was himself well acquainted with the truth. Purport by Srila Prabhupada Incidents mentioned in the Vedic literatures such as the Puranas, Mahabharata, and Ramayana are factual, historic narrations that took place sometime in the past, although not in any chronological order. Such historical facts, being instructive for ordinary men, were assorted without chronological reference. Besides that, they happen on different planets, nay, in different universes, and thus the description of the narrations is sometimes measured by three dimensions. We are simply concerned with the instructive lessons of such incidents, even though they are not in order by our limited range of understanding. Bhishmadev described such narrations before Maharaj Yudhisthira in reply to his different questions. There is a story in the Hitopadesh, Udarendriyanam. Udar, Udar means this belly, abdomen, and Indira means senses. Udarendriyanam. What is that? All the different parts of the body, hands, legs, fingers, and everyone, they held a meeting that we are working day and night. And this rascal abdomen is sitting down and eating. He is doing nothing. We are collecting everything and putting into the stomach, and he is eating, very sitting. So, strike, we shall not work. So, strike, Udar, Udar said, All right, you strike, what can I do? I cannot work. You can strike. So they did not work. Did not work when there was no food, no food given to the stomach, the gradually they became weak. 
the indriyas, the different parts of the body, they become weak because if there is, you cannot eat naturally. Then again, next meeting they have that what is this? Why you are becoming weak? Huh? Then they decided that the stomach must be given sahaja, or you have to work. This is our position. Krishna is bhokta, and we are parts and parcel of Krishna. That means we have to work for Krishna. This is a fact. If you don't work for Krishna, then you'll starve. That is the position. But these rascals, they do not know. Nati, Vidu, Sardakatinghi, Vishnu, exactly in the same way. As these rascal, different parts of the body, limbs, they did not know that without satisfying the stomach, we shall die. Similarly, these rascals, these karmis, these, those who have come to this material world, they do not know that without conscious, Krishna consciousness, without satisfying Krishna, they'll simply starve, struggle for existence. Klishanti, simply their labor will be frustrated. That is the philosophy. Therefore, bhavesh means klishanti, krishamanana, simply wasting time. Without knowing what is the aim of, the aim of life is you have to satisfy Krishna. We have repeatedly that therefore Krishna says nothing that this is the most confidence and knowledge Arjuna I am giving you. Uh, I have spoken to you Bhagavad Gita in so many details, but because you are my intimate dear friend, I give you the most confidence and knowledge. tamam. this word is used. What is that? Surrender. That's all. Sarvadharmaan Paritajyama. This is the most confidence. Simply surrender and do what I say. That is the fact. If we act uh, as Krishna says, uh, then we shall be very, very happy. There is no doubt about it. And if we do not act, then we shall suffer. This is fact. There is no question about it. Uh, just, just like I have several times told you. Krishna says, Pajjannat anna sambhava annat bhavanti bhutani bhavanti meaning you flourish, you become healthy, your mind becomes sound, your brain becomes sound if you eat properly, naturally, just like the stomach must be satisfied. If the stomach is satisfied, you get the energy uh, immediately, different energy is produced, different secretion is produced, and one secretion is sent to the heart, one secretion, there is medical sign, and then it is turned into blood, then there are different veins, they are distributed all over. This big machine uh, is going on, big factory. Simply you have to give the raw materials to the factory and things will come out. Uh, so, uh, similarly, uh, you have to satisfy Krishna, but we do not know that durasaya uh, bohiratthamanina. These rascals, 
they are thinking that without Krishna, without Krishna consciousness, without satisfying Krishna, we shall adjust by this material advancement. That is durasaya. Everything has been discussed. It will never be possible, sir. If you don't take to Krishna consciousness, this is your wrong idea. Ah, that you will be able durasaya. That was this very word is used. Durasaya. Asaya. Asaya means hope. So uh, this is a wrong hope. You cannot. They exactly the same example. If they combine together all the senses, they pass resolution not to give any food to the stomach, and we shall be easier not to work so hard. But that is durasaya. That is not possible. You are hoping wrongly. That is not possible. So durasayaji nati vidu sartakatinghi vishnu durasayaji vahiratthamanina then why people are leading in that way? There so many political leaders, social leaders, nobody speaks of Krishna. They are simply making plans. This party, the Communist Party is making one plan, the other party is making plan, other party. But the world is separate. So, therefore, they have been described in this Shastra, Andha. Andha means blind. Rascal. They do not know, actually, they have no knowledge that without Krishna consciousness, this human society can be uh, happy. That is not possible. They do not know this. Uh, uh, but by Krishna's grace, by our uh, Guru Parampara's grace, uh, we understand, we people who are conducting this Krishna consciousness movement, that without being Krishna conscious, uh, nobody will be happy. Therefore, our struggle is different. We are trying to make the people actually happy. Sarve sukhino bhavantu. Everyone become happy. Uh, otherwise, what is the use of collecting so much money and constructing such big building and inviting them, please come here, we have got nice room and you shall get food without any hard work. Why you are? Still they will not come. Still they will not come. Now in this village, we have got such a nice building, but you come here, but still, how many are coming? So, therefore, it has been used. Klishamananam, these rascals and fools must suffer. Must suffer. There is no other way. The next step, it is said that the bhava-pravaha uparamam, the next part. What is that? Sinnanti gayanti. This is the process. Sinnanti. Simply sit down. You haven't got to work very hard. Sinnanti, sthāne sthita sutikatāṁ tanuvāṁ manovī. You don't require to change your position. You simply hear. 
That was this very word is used in the beginning. Uh, what is that? Sinanti. Sinanti means hears. Uh, simply hear. And Gayanti. So just like we say Hare Krishna and all repeat Hare Krishna, Gayanti. Sinanti. First of all, hear. Hare Krishna. Uh, the leading. Uh, I'm a singer. He says Hare Krishna and we repeat Hare Krishna. The Sinanti Gayanti. Uh, very simple method. Sinanti Gayanti Gnanti and takes it very seriously. Except, yes, this principle will alleviate all my sufferings. Uh, serious. Sinanti Gayanti Gnanti Abhikshnasa. Abhikshnasa means continuously. Uh, not that for some days I do and then again I go to my own habits. No. Abhikshnasa. Continuously. Smaranti. And if you take it, then naturally you will think of Krishna. Smaranti. Eh? Nandanti, and then gradually you will be pleased, you will feel pleasure. Otherwise, hackneyed, how you can continue? Eh? From early in the morning, you are chanting, unless you feel some pleasure, how you can do it? Artificially, it is not possible. Eh? Nandanti. Hmm? And what is the subject matter? Tabo eh? hitam. Uh, simply glorifying the activities of the of Krishna, uh, just like we saying, Udila Aruna Purava Bhage, Dijamani Gora Amani This is our subject matter of singing. What is this? The activities of Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. That as soon as there is early rise of the sun, uh, Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu immediately started his Nagar Sankirtan. Not of any other. Sri Chaitanya. Simply, the subject matter must be there. If I hear, the subject matter must be there. The subject matter is Krishna's activities. Chaitanya and Krishna is not different. So, Tabehitam Jana, Jana, public. If they do it, then Saeva Pashanti. Such person, what will be the result? By this sinnanti, gayanti, ginanti, eh, abhikshnasa, by this process, what will be the result? The result will be saeva, taeva pasyanti. Eh, they will be able to see you. Simple by this process. Eh. Has anybody seen Krishna? Krishna cannot be seen. Atasya Krishna namadi navavid grahyam indriyai. There are so many people there ask, where is God? Can you show me God? That, that means people in general, they cannot see God. That is not possible. Because with these eyes, these senses, we cannot understand. We cannot understand even so why they are chanting? Just like yesterday this man was asking, why this chanting? Ah, 
because blind senses they cannot understand what is the meaning of chanting and why chant ata shri krishna namadi na bhavet grahyam indriyai it is not possible but sevan mukhi jivado samayva suratada when we take to the service spirit here we are training people how to render service then gradually you uh, will are able to understand what is this name of krishna what is the form of krishna what is the activities of krishna and uh, that is explained if you follow this process sinnanti gayanti ginanti avikshnasa smaranti nannanti then taiva pashanti uh, when achirena very soon not that after millions of years no ah uh, achirena immediately if he is actually serious ah uh, if he has no offense then achirena sinan achirena taiva pashanti achirena tavakam your what is that your padambujam you can see your lotus feet अथापिते देवपदाबुजदेशानुगृहत जानाति तदाबुजद प्रसाद कैन सी नाहंग प्रकाश सर्वस्व जुगुमाया नोबडी कैन सी बट ईफ वन इज फॉर्चुनेट ईफ यू कैन सी दैट इज पॉसिबल बाय दिस प्रोसेस सिन्नति गायन दैट इज पॉसिबल then what will be the result the result is bhava pravaha uparamam finish this business what is that business working hard day and night without any aim of life this will be finished thank you very much